This episode of Radio Techers is brought to you in part by Trip Surfer Vacations. Travel is opening up again, and we know you're ready to go. Trip Surfer Vacations has great all-inclusive packages for your next beach vacation and all the info you need to know about your next trip. So whether you're headed to the Cancun, Cozumel, Cabo, or the Caribbean, Trip Surfer Vacations has you guys covered. We even have partnerships for European adventures as well. So we know you're ready to go. Visit TripSurferVacations.com and let them know that Radio Techers sent you. Y'all have fun out there. Hello and welcome again to Nitro Nights, a WCW Look Back podcast. I am Sai, and with me as always is the always excellent, always brilliant, always well-informed, always entertaining, always awesome Scottish Danny. How are we doing, my friend? I'm doing really well, thank you, Sai. How's yourself? Pretty good, bud. Pretty good. Looking forward to, you know, hopefully another stacked episode of Nitro, because last week's we both gave a resounding hit to so I'm hoping that this is going to carry on the same in the same vein, my friend. Absolutely. Let's get into it. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Today, we are looking at the December 4th, 1995 edition of Monday Nitro. It comes from Phoenix, Arizona and got a 2.4 on the TV ratings, whereas Raw this week won with a 2.6. So a slight switch from last week. But again, the numbers aren't too far off. They're kind of... Or hanging around that 2.3, 2.4, 2.6, 2.8 kind of range, I guess. Which makes me think, you know, it's going to be interesting when we start to see them turn and, and start going upwards and heading towards their peak. Because late in later years, the numbers are substantially higher. So it's going to be interesting seeing when that starts to happen, I think, Danny. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the audience definitely grew up to about nearly a nine, wasn't it? At the high of it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where we go, I think, with those numbers there. Yeah, 100%. We are told at the very start of the show, however, that, well, there's a couple of bits of news that were given by Eric Bischoff and the commentary team. First of all, we have a world title match for our main event. And it's Randy Savage, obviously, the world champion, defending against our good buddy, Lex Luger. Now that, to me, that could be on a pay-per-view. 
that's another quality match they're giving on free television again. Fair play to them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Bischoff also informs us all that the WCW executive committee decided 48 minutes ago, apparently, very specific there from Eric, thank you for that, 48 minutes ago that Hulk Hogan, the Giant and Ric Flair were all on probation because of their actions in recent weeks, like, you know, punching and kicking referees and so on. So if they did something wrong, they would be indefinitely suspended. So they've hit a ref and done a few things with chairs and, and all this sort of stuff. And it's a case of, oh, naughty, naughty. Don't do that again. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, okay, so it's okay to hit a ref once. You can get away with it if it's just one punch to a referee, can you? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a little bit of Starcade news. Starcade being our next pay-per-view. It is December, after all. We get a few adverts for that running during the show. But yeah, we get a bit of Starcade news, Danny. What have we got there? In a shocking tone of events, WCW actually promotes a match for the pay-per-view that isn't for the world title. Um, <laughs> we have a triple threat match that will be uh, at the pay-per-view. It will be Lex Luger versus Sting versus Ric Flair. And um, yeah, I was very shocked to hear that, but it seems like they're learning from their mistakes. So. Yes, and the winner of that triple threat is going to face Savage on the same pay-per-view, I think is the way they're doing it yeah. for yeah for the world title. So, I mean, Savage has got to be sat there grinning from ear to ear. He's got to be thinking, oh, these guys got to go for a triple threat before facing me. Brilliant stuff. I'm all about that. But can he get past tonight's challenge, Si? Oh, very true. Very true. Can he get past Lex Luger? Yes, we'll have to see. We will come to that shortly. It's not the only title match we get, though, Danny, is it? Our opener is for the WCW World Tag Team Championships. And it's a combination we've seen face off on an episode of Nitro previously. We have the challengers of Buff Bagwell, uh, well, Marcus Bagwell, as he's referred to here, and Scotty Riggs. And they are facing the team of Harlem Heat, accompanied, as always, by Sister Sherry, or Sensational Sherry, as she was once known. Uh, the American males get quite a few boos as they come out, because let's be honest, they look like complete gits. So why would anyone want to support them? <laughs> Um, and we don't get much of, I mean, the match itself lasts a fair few minutes, you know, uh, it, eventually we, we get Booker T hitting the Harlem hangover to retain the championship. It lasts seven and a half, eight minutes, something in that region, but it's kind of dominated by the whole Colonel Robert Parker, Sherry thing again. Now I thought this had gone away. <laughs> you know, I, it, we may have even seen something as recent as two weeks ago, but in my head, this had gone away. Yeah, but oh, here we are again, mate. I oh, know that it was uh, it ruined to, a lot. It just basically shat on a, a really good match because these two teams had a great match a couple of weeks ago, where the title did change hands. Mm-hmm. Um, you say about American males who could support them? They are definitely one of my favourites of all time. Um, uh, that that theme song side was a banger. You you can't oh. deny that. Oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. Are you being serious? They're one of your favourites. No, they are definitely. Um, I'm a Buff Bagwell fan through and through. Um, I like all of his gimmicks and things like that. So, And now he's become a bit of a Twitter legend, hasn't he? He has, yeah. Yeah, well worth a follow. Uh, so I can remember Buff Bagwell winning Rookie of the Year 
for in WCW magazine and it being like this massive big deal for him when he was when he wrestled under the name Marcus Alexander Bagwell on WCW and he was on Worldwide a lot in like 1993 and so on because that was the era that I was kind of watching on ITV in the UK here so I remember Bagwell being rookie of the year and his whole gimmick was I'm rookie of the year that was his whole gimmick and it was like even as a kid I'm thinking yeah that sucks <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It would fit in well with NXT 2.0 today. Uh, okay, I've not watched much of it, to be fair. Neither has anyone else. <laughs> Whoa, okay. <laughs> Danny came in with the NXT sass this week. <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, but just going back to this match, um, like you said, it was very standard, uh, just under 10 minutes. Um, Colonel Parker showing up with a Prezi um, for his uh, the person he fancies. Um, and then her going off with him, and abandon her and then her team was quite mm-hmm. surprising as well. Yeah, but then I'll be honest, I I, I didn't know who was going to win this. Uh, there's a lot of WCW TV that I, I don't remember or I've not seen. So outcomes and matches I'm not going to know until I watch them back with you, Danny. I thought we we're going to get something similar as soon as soon as Parker came out because Parker came out later than everyone else, didn't he? As soon as Parker yeah. came out and he had the bunch of flowers or or no, the gift wasn't it? Sorry, the gift for Sherry. I thought okay. Sherry is going to get distracted here and Harlem Heat are going to lose the championships. Because to me, that would be a natural progression to the storyline. Okay, we've seen it before, but if they're going to bring it back onto television, to me, it happening again would make sense. However, that doesn't happen. Sherry gets distracted, leaves with Colonel Robert Parker, and Harlem Heat just go and win anyway. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like if Harlem Heat, you know, they could be thinking, well, we won without her anyway, so why do we need her, I guess? It seemed like a, we're going to get more of this, I guess, in, in the coming weeks. But at this exact moment, watching this exact segment of the show, I'm sort of like thinking, OK, I don't quite get that. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I mean, this has been over two months they've been uh, uh, planning this storyline. So I'm really excited to see where it pays off. And hopefully that's soon. Yeah, yeah, we just want to end, I think, don't we? <laughs> well, she's got a ring anyway. One of the gifts that Parker gave her was a was a ring. So they're obviously getting married. So may they ah. live happily ever after. Love well, a wrestling we'll see- wedding. <laughs> yeah, will we see that on Nitro? Uh, maybe, I, I don't know. I think, I think it takes place on a pay-per-view or maybe a oh, Clash wow. of Champions or something like that, I think. But I'm, don't get your hopes up, Danny. I may be completely steering you wrong there, my friend. <laughs> But yeah, there we go. Uh, we also have then an interview with Gene Oakland. He's speaking with Sting and Luger. Sting says to Luger that he should know that if he wins the world title tonight, he will have to go through him at Starcade. Luger says Sting should worry about you know about him in the triangle match at Starcade if they do have to meet. And they speak about it again and again, and they keep saying that you have to worry about me. No, if you win, I'm going to be the opponent. And if you don't win, you're in the triangle match. They so need to worry about me. And then, no, 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 you need to worry about me. I mean, I think they got their message across in about 15 seconds. They could have just stopped. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Pretty much, yeah. Um, one thing I did notice about this was Lex Luger getting booed at the end of the interview. I mm-hmm. found that quite interesting. See, what I found really funny and interesting at the end of the interview was they're both out on the entrance ramp. We've already been told Sting is wrestling tonight and his match is coming up next. He's talking to Luger on the entrance ramp. When the the interview finishes, and, and Gene does his, you know, it, I mean, Gene was fantastic, incredibly professional. He would help guys out who weren't good on the mic and so on. 
he kind of wraps the interview up, gets it to a point where the, it's ending. Hugo goes to walk off. Sting's music hits. Sting walks in the wrong direction. Sting goes to walk back to the changing rooms whilst his music man called Sting is playing over the PA system. And Sting, all of a sudden, you can see it like the light bulb go off in his head. You know, the penny drops and he's like, oh no, oh yeah, that's my music. I'm wrestling, aren't I? So he has to turn around and walk back to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. And it's typical WCW, isn't it? Oh, it was wonderful, mate. It was wonderful. Uh, Sting is facing favorite of the show, Kurosawa here. And basically, it's a nothing match, isn't it? Nothing seems to really happen. Uh, Colonel Parker is still, you know, with Sherry, so he's not come out to the ring of Kurosawa. We're told uh, Kurosawa then just gets overpowered by Sting. He works the arm early on. Sting takes advantage of a couple of punches, hits the Stinger splash, and gets him to tap out to the Scorpion Deathlock in, in in like two two and a half minutes or something like that. It's it's a it's a throwaway. It's a nothing match, but at the same time. The crowd got to see Sting, so you know that yeah. always seems to make people happy. So you know, fair play if you can get Sting on the card, that's great because there was quite a few weeks, Danny, where we didn't see Sting at all, wasn't it? Yeah, and it was quite a depressing uh, night. I was to get <laughs> no, but yeah. seriously, um, you make a good point. If you can get Sting on the card, get him on the card, and that can apply to 2022, where he seems to be on every single AEW Dynamite, which is pretty cool as well. Um, Kurosawa in this match, like you said, it was a completely throwaway match, but I mean, it wasn't bad, and at least we got a clean finish. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's good as well to me, having a clean finish at times, because so much of WCW ends in a kind of schmozzy, non clean finish way, DQs. And I mean, they had a 60 man battle royal in this controversy over the bloody finish for crying out loud. It's just let matches end, it's going to be fine. You know, but we'll see a lot more of that in the coming years, I expect. We then have an advert for Starcade 95, and it is heavily promoting New Japan and saying that there's an invasion going on. And it's basically being billed as New Japan versus WCW at the pay-per-view. Now, I am all about this, Danny. This all of a sudden makes me more excited about Starcade than I was beforehand. Yeah. I mean, it's something we said on a previous show where each pay-per-view advert has a specific theme. Um, And uh, this, you can tell immediately, um, it's New Japan versus WSW. It seems pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, And also, which is quite good, they've got the right day on the promo package this time, rather than saying it's Sunday, December 27th, they've got Wednesday, which is the correct day. So well done WCW for checking your calendars there. You did come to mind when I was watching this earlier about that. I did write that down. I wonder if I was happy about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. It's just, just, you know, little things like, you know, you don't want people sitting down on the Sunday to watch a pay-per-view that's on a Wednesday. Do you? Come on, think it through, think it through. <laughs> <laughs> the giant then makes his entrance accompanied by the irritating duo of Jimmy Hart and Kevin Sullivan. And he is facing Scott Norton. So I was I was quite excited about this. I mean, it's not going to be a five-star mat-based classic, but it's two big blokes just beating the crap out of each other. And again, it's a short contest, two and a half, three minutes, maybe. Not a lot really happens. We see, I suppose, the giant lifted off his feet by Norton, which was spectacular. But he turned it into a kind of atomic drop, so the giant didn't actually then leave his feet at all. So it's kind of anticlimactic, even though he picked him up. Norton was the one who ended up on the floor, I think. 
It was. It was. Um, the biggest thing I took away from this was Eric Bischoff saying on commentary, the C in WCW stands for commitment. What What would that make WCW stand for? World Commitment Wrestling. Well, it must be. Yeah, it's not catchy <laughs> as World Championship Wrestling. What's he on a bait? <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, shocked that he would make such a bold claim about that. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Uh, the match ends ultimately when the Giant choke slams Scott Norton and gets the one, two, three, as you would expect, because the Giant is still relatively new. And it, to be honest, he, he, he's, he's a hot commodity here, isn't he? He's still, he's still got matches against some big baby face names that he could potentially have, you know? So, yeah. yeah, that's what should happen. The Giant should be beating people in two or three minutes, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. I mean, he was only, I think he was 25 at this point as well. So he was, uh, he had a, a bright future ahead of him. Mm, yeah, that's right. Uh, we see Ric Flair, or we're told Ric Flair is going to come out for an interview. Mean Gene announces Flair. But Charles Barkley, the basketball player, comes out first. And I'm sort of thinking, okay, what exactly is, what's, and then Flair does come out. And we have an interview that, I, I'm not going to lie, I've got notes here that say, Charles Barkley out, Flair out, Flair promo, says fuck all. <laughs> That's literally what I've yeah. got written in front of you because they're talking and they're saying, oh, you know, Charles Barkley is the greatest basketball player of all time. And then Barkley saying, Ric Flair is the greatest wrestler of all time. And Flair saying, I'm going to go to Starcade and win the title. And then that's it. And it's like, we didn't, is that it? Do we need this? Do we need to hear this? It's just a way of getting Charles Barkley on camera. I'm assuming. Yeah. So again, you can understand their motivation, but I mean, they could have done something better, Danny, couldn't they? Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. This whole segment could have been placed after the uh, cameras turned off. I think I would have enjoyed it a lot better if it had been just for the house. Um, but um, this, yeah, it was, it was just nothingness, wasn't it? Mm. just a segment again that I suppose if you're in the arena it's quite cool because you've got this basketball player there and Flair's coming out as well and he always gets a reaction whether it's positive negative whatever but it's just another segment that just kind of fills a bit of time and doesn't really go anywhere I suppose yeah and I think uh, Charles Barkley when I heard of um, him he was uh, on a, I think a Rick Flair documentary and it's nice to see that he's still friends with him because Ric Flair's burned many, many friends over his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what an eventful life he has had. Oh, yeah. I suppose that then just brings us to our main event already, Danny, doesn't it? doesn't take long. Yeah, very, very quick episode to get through. Mm. Yeah, it brings us up to our main event, and it's for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship, Lex Luger with Jimmy Hart. And he is up against the champion, Randy Savage. It does, to me, kind of make sense that Luger's getting a title shot because, obviously, Luger did beat Savage at the pay-per-view. So I like to think WCW have put some thought into this. I hope, anyway, that it's kind of worked out this way. <laughs> <laughs> I think you put more thought into that than WCW did, Sai. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> uh, we have both guys working an arm on, on each other for a while. Um Luger, Luger looks like he's more, more invested here, to me. We, when we spoke about Luger wrestling a week or two ago, it seemed like he was very much going through the motions, and we spoke about calling it in, phoning it in, sorry, and so on. Luger here looks like he's he's up for this. He looks like he's invested, Danny, doesn't he? 
He does, yeah. He's because he knows um, this is Macho Man's first world title defense, and um, he's in the big main events now, isn't he? Well, there we go. There we go. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed this match. It was good, and it was it was it was genuinely a good match. That's that's that, that sentence started off like I was going to be negative there. I'm not. I'm, I'm saying, I enjoyed this match, but it was it was good without being spectacular. Yeah. You they, know, were given, I, they were given plenty of time, weren't they? Yes, yes. And the fact that it is a world title match as well on television and it's going on last, I like that. I didn't like it when in certain eras, and this goes for both companies, WCW and WWE, the world champion would wrestle and he would defend his championship in the opener or he would defend his championship after an hour. And I understand it's for the way the TV ratings get broken down into segments and the top of the hour, they want to have a, a boost in the ratings. That's when people are turning over and so on. But still, to me, if your world champion is wrestling, they go on last. It should be that way. Yeah, I think so. So this, to me, makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything else about this match you want to particularly cover? Yeah, um, I just hated that Hulk Hogan had to stick his nose in again. Um and he came out and saved Macho Man just after. And I think the biggest thing, I mean, I enjoyed this match. I even messaged you before this. I said, this was a great match. Mm-hmm. Um, but the finish, uh, I just couldn't get on board with a DQ finish for Macho Man's first world title defense. Ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah. So he's, he's won the belt with a cloud hanging over that decision. And here he is defending the belt for the first time with a cloud hanging over that decision. Of course, Hogan is involved, and that's how it ends up, you know, ending via disqualification because Hogan is involved. Yeah, and then you know, Hogan is beating up Luger, Jimmy Hart's there as well, getting involved. Sting is there, Savage tries to calm everyone down. Flair goes, runs out, Flair runs out as well. I mean, there's a lot going on, you know, and again, this is the sort of situation where I suppose you look at it from a TV standpoint, from a wrestling standpoint. It's frustrating because you've not got a finish to the match. But from a storyline standpoint and a TV standpoint, you're not going to have... There's no plans here for Luger to win the world title. So does it do Luger any favours to lose to Randy Savage? Probably not because he's in Mm. this thing with Sting, so you want to keep him looking strong as well. Yeah. So so a DQ finish kind of makes sense because you don't want Savage losing the championship. You don't want Luger losing clean... And then, you know, looking weak because he's going into the triple threat at Starcade to potentially get a title match anyway. So if he's beaten by the champion already, you kind of start thinking, well, why is he getting a second opportunity, I suppose? So from a a storyline standpoint, that does make sense. From a wrestling standpoint, it's frustrating because you want to see a clean finish. No, that's a very good point um, about that because it adds the um, air of unpredictability um, to think like, oh, Lex Luger actually might win uh, at Starcade and then end up facing Macho Man because they might mm. save the clean finish for that. So yes. I'm actually hoping for that actually at Starcade. Yeah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, we obviously, what, got two more Nitros, I think, and then it's Starcade. Is that correct? Yeah. And then, and then we're into 1996, mate. That's the turn of the year then, isn't it? Bloody hell, flying through, getting exciting. Yep. And uh, I th- I'm just glad um, that we know that basically two matches are going to happen on 
on uh, Starcade. But um, yeah, so they've got two more weeks to promote uh, the the card. Yeah, and I'm not sure how much we're going to find out because I, I think we're getting told what's happening on the main event. We're getting told what's happening with the triple threat. And then they're saying it's WCW versus New Japan. I imagine that will fill the majority of what's left of the pay-per-view time. Yeah. I don't know how much WCW would promote Japanese names because uh, I'm trying to think very much in 95 to the casual wrestling fan. If they mentioned guys who are big in New Japan, would it make a difference to the buy rate in the United States for a WCW paper? Maybe not. The odd one or two. I mean, Jushin Liger was in the video package we saw. WCW fans are familiar with Liger already. He's wrestled on a few nitros and so on. So that could be, you know, mentioning him. The United States champion at the moment is obviously from New Japan as well. So they'd be familiar with him. But your casual WCW fan, are they going to know many New Japan wrestlers in 95, Danny? I'm not sure. No, I think you're right. Yeah, um, I think that's why they are trying to introduce them in these nitros. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see in the next couple of weeks exactly what we get with regards to the build towards Starcade. I mean, this this whole New Japan versus WCW thing intrigues me. It really yeah. does. I want to see where they go. I want to see who faces who. I want to see who. I want to see who wins and how because when companies in wrestling throughout the years, whether, whether that was it going back to the territory days when the, the AWA used to put on um, super clash, for example, and you'd have three different companies all working together. You'd never get clean finishes because no one wanted to lose to the guy from world-class and the guy from world-class wouldn't want to lose to the guy from the AWA and, and all this sort of stuff. So you'd end up with a load of just nonsense, basically a time limit draws and all that sort of crap. Now, I'm intrigued to see how they handle it here because New, New Japan, All Japan and so on, they are fiercely protective, especially back then, fiercely protective of how their talent is portrayed away from their show. They are hugely, hugely protective. So, for, I mean, for example, there's um, stories about, I think it was All Japan, being very cross with certain newspapers, certain wrestling magazines for running an image of one of their champions covered in blood on an American show because it made him look weak and so on. There was lots of stuff wow. like this to that. They were fierce because in Japan they, they protected the business. You know, it was like, I mean, kayfabe to the extreme. They, you know, it, it's, it was reported. I think it still is reported in national newspapers in the back, the same way that football, baseball would be boxing would be wrestling is covered in the sports section as well. So that they were fiercely protective of, of their, their, their talent back in this time. So I'm fascinated as to how this is going to work with WCW. Yeah. Now that you explained it like that, that actually makes me more excited for Starcade, I will say. Yeah. And then of course we've got this, this triple threat, which then leads to a title challenge as well. And you've got proper old school WCW. You've got, you've got a champion who is effectively a WWF guy in, 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 in our minds. We've said he's, he's still very much w, a WWF guy. But the three people who could challenge him, Sting, Luger, and Flair, all very much NWA, WCW guys. So that's an interest, interesting mix-up there, I think, as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's something that, um, as we're going to be watching it, let's see how they build up um, the challenges, because they did a brilliant job with Lex Luger tonight. He did look strong. Mm. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what we find out about Starcade in the next two weeks, if anything at all, and how the world title picture develops. And we don't know what Hogan's doing yet. Oh, yeah. Let's hope he's not on that show. <laughs> um, yeah, well, there we go. There we go. What's the, uh, that, that's literally just popped in my head. Then what's Hogan? We don't know what the Giant's doing yet. I just, just a quick um, note here. Wasn't, weren't they supposed to be uh, on probation? Yes. And the Giant had a match. Hulk Hogan come out and Ric Flair had brought his friend to the ring. It seemed like they weren't behave- on their best behaviour on this Nitro at all. Oh, well, maybe that leads to why we, you know, we don't know what's happening with them at Starcage yet. Perhaps they're banned. Oh, let's know. let's find out. Let's find let's out. We'll find, hopefully, we'll find out more about that next week. But what we yeah. do know about next week is that the Hogan and Flair, despite being on probation, are not actually banned next week because they're wrestling. And our main event of Nitro next week, and I am looking forward to this. This is this sounds fantastic. The names in this, we have got. Hulk Hogan tagging with Sting, facing off against Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. I mean, anytime Arn Anderson's in the ring, I'm all about that. That's awesome. But I mean, that there, two members of the Horseman versus Hogan and Sting. Oh, take my money. Absolutely. And nice to see Arn Anderson's back in the main events. Yeah. Won't get an intro. Um, no. <laughs> let's, let's put in, money on that side <laughs> yeah he'll be in the ring when they come back from an advert <laughs> oh yeah i can already see it <laughs> uh, and that's the end of our our look back on this episode of nitro it, it, it seemed to fly by a lot went on without anything of massive substance i guess that the most I- impactful things that happened were announcements made by bischoff i suppose with regards to starcade and so on but there's still enough here again similar to last week's episode to keep me entertained and not turn over. Shall we, uh, shall we look at our oh boys and our woos, Danny? Absolutely. Let's get into it. Woo! Brother, 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 brothers, brother. Woo! Brother. Do you want to go first or second, my friend? Um, I'll go first this week, Sam. You crack on. So the first woo would definitely be the main event, even though the finish um, didn't please me, but it was just the effort and the long match that they gave us. And we can see why the rest of the matches were so short now because they wanted to save time for this. So I was actually happy with uh, that main event. Um, what's your woo? I've got the same thing. Main event and then in brackets up to the finish. I've got, yeah, so I, I agree with you, mate. That's my woo. It was, it was a good match. It was considering it's on television. And, you know, I don't want to belittle stuff like that. It sounds silly. Oh, it's only a TV match. That's, that's irrelevant in, in my eyes. But you know how certain wrestlers work with regards to, you know, only turning it on in certain scenarios. This was a TV match between two big names for the World Championship. And okay, the finish, from a wrestling standpoint, scuppered it a bit. But from a storyline standpoint, the finish works. And the match itself was pretty good, yeah. So I agree with you, mate. What about your, uh, your old brother, dude? It has to be Ric Flair bringing his friend out and essentially threatening the WSW um, locker room that if anyone hurts Ric Flair, he'll get Charles Barkley on them. Because it also made Ric Flair kind of look weak as well. It was like he needed this big man to come and sort out the bullies. (laughs) What's yours, Si? I've got exactly the same thing. Again, you know, great minds, buddy, great minds. Uh, (laughs) I've got exactly the same thing because... I, I like celebrities being involved in wrestling because I think it brings eyes to the product. And, and ultimately, the first big wrestling boom 
occurred at WrestleMania one with all the yeah. celebrity involvement. That's what started it off. And then the second big wrestling boom, the attitude era that had a lot to do with Mike Tyson being involved and other celebrities there and so on. And on the other channel, WCW had, you know, talk show hosts involved and basketball players, wrestling matches and so on. So the celebrity involvement when done well can be really a really important tool for wrestling. However, I hate when celebrities come into this world and beat the wrestlers or celebrities come into this world and are made to look stronger than the wrestlers. Yeah. I hate, I hate that. Cause you know, like you said, we've effectively got flair here saying, you know, if you, if you cross Ric flair, I'm going to get Charles Barkley on you. I mean, in all honesty, you, you look at someone like, I don't know, a Dean Malenko or Chris Benoit who have this real shoot fighting ability. Why are they going to give a shit? They'll just tie him up in knots. (laughs) Exactly. And what doesn't make sense as well is Ric Flair already had the four horsemen. He didn't really need another guy. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I hate the way that celebrities are used sometimes and they make wrestlers themselves. It cheapens the gimmick. It cheapens wrestling. It makes the wrestlers Mm. look inept and so on. So that's kind of it. That's my, oh, brother, this week, bud. Flair's promo. The Flair's promo did nothing to help or further anything if anything it made it hindered stuff it made things worse so yeah hit miss or middling bud this week i'm going with middling okay and how about you sir um i'm torn between a high middle and a low hit i'm i'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna go middle i'll go it's, it's top yeah. end it's a top end it's not a bad show yeah but it's, it's not quite a hit for me yeah, I could see why. I mean, there was—I mean, there was a lot of action, but it was to me what made it not go on the hit was uh, the short matches that um, led to the main event. But I mean, they could have been used a lot more. The time could have been used a lot more um, effectively here. Mm. Yeah, you talk a lot of sense, mate. You talk a lot of sense. Ah, so there we go. Fast approaching Starcade 1995. Intrigued by this pay per view. We've got two more weeks of Nitro, and then we're on the pay per view. It's going to be a good one, mate. I can feel it already. It's going to be a good one. Oh, yeah. I mean, the advert alone was a lot better than promoting monster trucks or a free ring battle royal. So I'm intrigued. There you go, mate. There we go. If anyone else is intrigued as to where they can find you on social media and all your other shows, Danny, do you want to just let everyone know right now whereabouts they can do that? Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Scottish Juggalo. Um, you can hear me on One Man's Meat podcast with the great Chris Bellis. You can hear me on A Change in Attitude with the great Mags Orientana. And you can hear me here where I'll be next week with the great Cy Powell. <laughs> yeah, again, you flatter me, my friend. Thank you very much. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SJP Words and on The Book of Face. You can track me down in a group there, SJP, all the shows and info. And from those two points of contact, you get links to all the stuff I do. For example, anything sci-fi, time travel, wibbly-wobbly sci-fi stuff, if that's uh, if that's of interest to you, I do a podcast on Doctor Who with our good friend Dan Griffin. That's available. And I also do a show with Benny Mack looking at the awesome show of my youth, Quantum Leap, one show at a time called The Waiting Room. Uh, if wrestling is, though, just what's on your mind, you can get more wrestling content from me with, at the moment, guest hosts whilst we're waiting for Mr. Mags to come back from his various jaunts all over the place. But normally, Magsy and I, we are live on a Monday night with Chain Wrestling via Rage Attackers, YouTube and Twitch. And that comes out later in the week as well as a podcast 
podcast version if you happen to miss the Monday. And also, obviously, I'm looking back on WCW one show at a time with the glorious and awesome Scottish Danny right here on Nitro Nights. So that's at SJP Words on Twitter or SJP All the Shows and Info on Facebook. But most importantly, the direct links to this show are at Nitro underscore Nights on Twitter and Facebook. That's Nitro underscore Nights on Twitter and Facebook. Get in contact with the show. Let us know what you think. Danny, it's been a blast again, my friend. I'm bloody loving doing this show with you. It's awesome. Me too, and we're fastly approaching 1996, so let's roll on. Ooh, there's a couple of things that happen there that are memorable, but we'll see. We'll see. Danny, I'll speak to you next week, my friend. Take care, mate. <laughs> and to everyone else, as always, thank you for listening.